A brilliant win by Dame Gazelle in the $1 million golden gift brought down the curtain on the metropolitan phase of the Everest Carnival. But there's more to come. Saturday, November the 16th, all roads will lead to the famous Broadmeadow track at Newcastle for The Hunter, a $1 million race for three-year-olds and upwards over 1,300 metres. A week after that, the gong will capture the spotlight, a $1 million event for three-year-olds and upwards over the 1,600 metres on the roomy Kembla Grange track. The Newcastle Jockey Club and the Illawarra Turf Club are pulling out all stops to make their inaugural million dollar meetings special occasions. The Everest Spring Carnival comes to a spectacular ending with the Hunter and the Gong, two new races to be run on two wonderful provincial racetracks. The presence of racehorse syndication right across Australia has reached a level undreamed of by the pioneers of the 1970s. Just over three years ago, the laws restricting syndicators to a ceiling of a quarter of a million dollars per horse at yearling sales were relaxed, allowing them to spend up to half a million on a yearling should they choose. I don't think that privilege has ever been exercised, but they're creeping closer all the time. One new syndicator who deals at the modest end of the market is David Thompson. He calls his little company simply Thompson Thoroughbreds and he caters for those enthusiasts who believe they can't afford to be in a racehorse. Dave's company slogan says it all. Thompson Thoroughbreds is a low-cost syndicator servicing partnerships in the racing industry for everyday mums and dads. Dave's passion for the sport is best reflected in the nine-year sponsorship of a race run at Albury every October. He won the sponsorship in 2010 by participating in a tab rewards promotion. As a tab punter, he'd accumulated a large number of points, but he could only win if he were the first punter to register when the tab declared closing time for the promotion. And he did this by checking the tab website at a minute past midnight for many months. And he'll tell us the full story shortly. Dave Thompson's story is one of highs and lows and valleys and peaks. He's had the disappointment of a workplace redundancy and the trauma of a very serious illness. But at age 46, he's currently pursuing his dream of having a professional involvement in the racing industry. How he got there makes for a very interesting podcast. Dave Thompson, welcome. Thanks very much, John. Well, your story is one of highs and lows and valleys and peaks. I'm always interested in the background of people who've made a life in racing. Now, you had a grandfather who was closely associated with greyhound racing in Grafton, but apart from that, there is no other background. What are your memories of grandfather and the dogs at Grafton? We used to go up to my grandparents' place for uh, um, school holidays when we, were, when we were young kids, and uh, yeah, Pop was a greyhound trainer and, and knew obviously everybody out at the track, and uh, was very well known actually within Grafton itself, um, having worked there his whole life in um, the retail space. So uh, yeah, we used to go out to the dog races, and uh, of course, you know, come uh, morning time, we'd be out there at the races as well, and uh, yeah, it was it was a great fun time and um yeah i love being around that sort of environment um had a lot of fun watching you know 
many uh, dogs and horses running around the track. You were reading racing magazines and listening to races on radio and watching it on television from a very early age, and by your mid-teens, you were completely hooked. Now, at age 21, on Caulfield Cup Eve of 1993, you had a dream. You dreamed that a certain jockey rode the winner of the Caulfield Cup. The jockey was Peter Hutchinson, and he did win that Caulfield Cup on Fra, which you had already coupled with several runners in the Melbourne Cup, and you had a handsome win. How did you have that win? Uh, yeah, well, I, obviously, I picking up the, um, uh, the, with the win bet, and then uh, with the doubles, um, there were some uh, – in those days, I used to do banks of numbers into the Melbourne Cup doubles, mm. and uh, you got some special dividends if your bank didn't actually end up with any runners – in it, and uh, and then I had about uh, eight horses. I think it was running around in the cup. Unfortunately, I didn't actually get the winner of the cup with it. But uh, the special dividends themselves, having a fifty to one um, winner in the first leg, the special dividends were quite good, and uh, it all totaled up to about three thousand dollars, which in those days was an enormous amount of money for me. And uh, I subsequently bought my first car with it. Um, so uh, yes, the Caulfield Cup has always been a uh, a, a treasured race for me ever since. Motoring enthusiast will want to know what sort of car was it? It was a uh, 77 HJ Kingswood. <laughs> bright, bright yellow, absinthe yellow. But, uh, we used to call it Big Bird. You know, the Caulfield Cup uh, is a magical race and ever since that uh, the, uh, moment when Fra did the job for you, it has been your favourite race. You love the theatre of the Caulfield Cup, which is really a race for fast stayers, isn't it? Absolutely, and you know, having the, uh, um, the always the intrigue, I guess, in terms of it being a, a lead into the Melbourne Cup. Um, you know, it's a, a race that I watch very closely each year um, as I'm starting to, you know, work my form towards the Melbourne Cup. So, uh, yes, yeah, a very, uh, you know, great race, and um, something that one day, you know, I hope that I can, you know, have one of my own horses in it, and hopefully get the uh, the trophy as well. You worked in the field of information technology for several companies, and one of them was the defence engineering giant Raytheon, from whom you took a redundancy package about two and a half years ago. And that was the start of a bad run for you, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I um, uh, I took the redundancy from there, and my intention, my original intention, was to have a couple of months off and then get back into a new role. And um, and then um, shortly afterwards, my uh, my father got uh, sick quite suddenly and uh, suddenly passed away. And uh, that obviously came as a great shock to us. And uh, as a result, with me being the only sibling left in uh, in Sydney, my mother had passed away 18 years ago now. Mm. So um, uh, I was left to, you know, be the executive of the estate and to um, – yeah, get all the house sorted out and stuff like that. And mum and dad had lived in one place for a very long time. And uh, dad was a, uh, um, a a craftsman, so he had lots of tools and things like that. And uh, it took quite a while to get through. But, um, yeah, so I, I came out the end of that. And um, then very shortly afterwards, um, actually got ill myself. And uh, uh, with a similar, I guess, kidney condition to what, um, had actually brought that undone. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, I was in hospital for a little while and then had a fairly long recovery, which took me about 12 months mm. to get on top of things. And fortunately, now everything is uh, going great guns. 
But, um, yeah, it was a bit of a rough patch. And, and during that period, you know, that's when you start to, I guess, with a, a, an event like that happening to you, that uh, you start to reevaluate life and go, well, you know, what do I really want to do? And uh, I'd always, you know, dreamt of, you know, doing something in the in, in the racing line. And um, I've been in ownership for uh, that stage for about six or seven years. And uh, I thought, yeah, syndication would be something I, I think I'd be, you know, good at. Um, I, I love people. I love customer service. Um, and I love racing. And so I thought, well, you know, I don't want to be 65 and look back and wonder as to, uh, you know, what I could have done. Um, I uh, was then in a position to be able to, you know, have a go. And uh, fortunately, I've got a very supportive wife and family. And uh, they said, yeah, go chase your dreams. And so that's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, I know you've had the full support of your wife, Jackie, right from the get-go. And Jackie knew what a race course looked like, didn't she? Because many years ago, she'd been a runner uh, for a prominent bookmaker. Now, that was in the days when bookies would lay off with another bookie by sending a runner with a message. And Jackie was a very quick runner. That's correct. That's correct, yes. So she did that uh, for several years um, as she was going through uh, uni and stuff like that. And uh, so, yeah, so she, yeah, she's certainly been around the environment in the past. Your first adventure at the Yearling Sales came around at the 2018 English Scone Sale, where you were listed the aid of a talented young trainer called Jason Deemer. Now, you'd had shares in horses with Jason previously, and you'd been very impressed with him. Yes, Jason's a very um, um, affable bloke. He, um, he's very easy to get on with, and he's a very good communicator. But even more so, he's a great horseman. Um, obviously, he uh, was a, a rider back in the day himself, and um, so having a small stable, um, he still, you know, regularly does a lot of track work himself, um, and the track work team that he uses have been with him a long time. Um, Sammy Clinton does a lot of uh, track work for him, uh, and yeah, he, um, you know, he's just somebody that I, I, I trust impeccably in terms of where he places his horses, how he, you know, gets them to be a, on race time at the right, at the in the right way, and um, yeah, he, he's a very talented horseman. I gather from uh, some of your Facebook posts that you are a very great fan of young jockey Samantha Clinton, a young lady who returned from serious injury not too long ago. I think uh, back in February or March of this year, she hasn't stopped riding winners since, and in fact, the most recent winner. Uh, she booted home was at Rose Hill Gardens on Saturday. That's correct. Yeah, Sammy's a, a brilliant rider. Um, you know, the fall that she had was uh, quite catastrophic, and uh, it obviously knocked her out for a long time. And um, uh, whilst actually she was still, um, yeah, sort of like just getting towards the end of her recovery, um, that's when I uh, I bought the first uh, filly, and uh, so Sammy actually broke it in for me. And uh, I thought that was a, you know, uh, an uh, ideal situation to be in because um, I know how well from, you know, my previous experiences to how well her and Jason work together. Mm. And uh, so to have her break in yeah. the filly um, and have that knowledge of the filly, you know, moving forward with the hope that she was going to get back in the saddle, um, you know, that, that, that's been fantastic. So, uh, yeah, 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 she's a very talented jockey and I think uh, she'll, she's going to go a long way. Getting back to that scone English yearling sale, you paid $20,000 for a Hinchinbrook filly out of Helvetica. You put together a syndicate of 20 people 
she's now called Grappa's Girl. Where did that name come from? Um, a bunch of the owners that uh, are in the syndicate, um, they actually are all um, on a uh, PNC uh, and a school um, group together. And uh, each month they have their PNC meeting. And then afterwards, they all go to dinner in Leichhardt to a restaurant called Grappers. And uh, so, yeah, when it came to sort of like voting time, we uh, we had some names that were, you know, in the, in the vein of the, the – the history of the horse, essentially, mm. but one of them was also Grappa's Girl, and when we submitted it to Racing New South Wales, um, that was the one that they chose out of the three that we submitted. So, uh, yeah, a, a good story behind it. Well, Grappa's Girls had one start, and that was at Scone on August 27 with Travis Wolfgram in the saddle. She finished well back. She pulled up shin sore, and the paddock beckoned. Yeah, that's right. Um, uh, you know, going through that prep, she was up for a, about, uh, um, I think it was about to 10, 10 weeks she was up and she was getting a bit um, uh, sore in one of the front fetlocks. And uh, mm. so but then we had, a, we had a trial at Scone, uh, sorry, at Gosford. And mm. um, in that trial, it was on a soft five yeah. and uh, she ran very well. And then when we went to Scone, we were on a, you know, um, it would have been a, yeah, it was, they called it a good three, but I'm sure it was a firm two. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it just found that it was just, it was just the, the shock coming through the legs was just too much. And, uh, yeah, it, uh, it was time really to go, go to the paddock, have a rest. And, uh, you know, being, being a young yearling, a young um, uh, horse still, you know, mm. it, it meant that, uh, you know, hopefully get through some growing pains. And, uh, you know, one thing that Jason's taught me over the years is that you never never rush resources. And I think uh, – mm. I think it was it's that famous quote from I think it was Bart Cummings said that you know time is the the, the cheapest thing but uh, seldom do people use it. Yes. And uh, yeah, it's very true. You know, so it's, uh, we're taking our time with her, and uh, yeah, can't wait to see her back in work again in uh, early December. So Grappa's girl in that race at Scone on August twenty-seven was the first runner syndicated by Thompson Thoroughbreds. Pretty special day. <laughs> Yeah, it was. It was a very special day. I, um, uh, you know, just just great to see, um, you know, it all come to fruition. I guess so. Uh, um, to see the colours that you know were out there that we we designed with uh, my daughter Eliza, and uh, to just see them actually, you know, actually running in a in a you know, formal race. It uh, yeah, it was a very pleasing and proud day. Your feedback told you that many potential owners prefer to be involved in horses which are based in the metropolitan area. Now, you had a yarn with your good mate, Dave Carlson, a very familiar face on Sky Racing, also an ambassador for Greyhound Racing New South Wales, and it was Dave who strongly recommended Richard Litt as a possible metropolitan trainer for Thompson Thoroughbreds. Now, Richard, of course, had stormed a prominence when Castelvecchio won the millennium at Warwick Farm in February. Yeah, that's correct. Um, uh, yeah, Dave, Dave, Dave asked Davis to, you know, who he thought was a, um, um, you know, a good Sydney-based trainer, but was going to have a similar style, I guess, in, in that to Jason in terms of having a small stable, very focused, um, and, you know, once again had to have really good communication. And uh, he said, look, I, I haven't met him, but I've, I've heard great things about him. You should go and have a chat. And uh, 
I subsequently caught up with Richard and, um, you know, we instantly just, I guess, clicked. Mm. And uh, uh, he very much put me at ease in terms of his operation. And uh, I went out and saw his stables and he's got a great setup out there at Warwick Farm. And uh, so, yeah, so when I went to the sales for the uh, the classic sales, mm. that's you- when I uh, decided to, uh, yeah, offer him some horses to uh, have for us. Well, that was a very faithful English classic sale because you went there to buy one and you came away with two, a filly and a cult. Now, let's look at the filly firstly. She is a daughter of a brilliant sire, all too hard. She's out of a mare called Loving New, who was actually bred in Brazil. And that, in a way, Dave, was probably a put-off to Australian buyers. They wouldn't be at all familiar uh, with the distaff side, with the female side. That's right. Yeah, I, I was. I must admit, I, um, I I went in with Richard to uh, to watch the auction of that horse, and um, um, you know was was quite shocked in terms of the the lack of interest, considering that the uh, um, the Brazilian mare was a, also you know a multiple Group One winner mm-hmm. and had thrown uh, Group One winners as well. And um, but I think that because of the Brazilian factor, you're right. Um, you know, people just sort of like shied away from it. And uh, that left me in a you know a great situation to be able to pick up something at a very reasonable cost, mm. and uh, you know with the where she you know is sitting today, it looks like you know we've hopefully got a very good purchase there. Mm. Well, you got her for nineteen thousand dollars, an all too hard filly, who ticked every box confirmation wise. I know her X rays were clear, uh, and you were able to bid with confidence. Exactly right, and um, so you know when I when I got it, I was you know ecstatic. I never thought that I would be able to get a horse of that caliber, um, you know, as a, a starting point, you know, for the business. Mm. And uh, so I was absolutely thrilled to you know be able to uh, yeah come home with that horse that day, and. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, as I said, I, ha- I do have a very uh, <laughs> supportive wife and I came home that night and mm. was obviously over the moon with my purchase and uh, I said, look, I'm going to go back tomorrow and just have a have a look, you know, and I said, yeah, if I saw something that I also liked, you know, mm. should we go another? And she said, yep, if you, if you can do the same sort of thing that you've done today, you know, strike while the iron's hot and, uh, and so that's what I did and uh, I subsequently, uh, yeah, bought the, uh, the colt um, and, uh, yes, again, it's, it's, it's coming along very well and we'll actually go into Richard's stables tomorrow. Yep, we'll have a look at that cult in a moment. But firstly, this filly, uh, being out of a mare who was bred in Brazil, lent itself to the name of All to Rio. Now, you insist on all of your potential owners contributing to name suggestions. That, that's correct, yeah. So um, as part of the process, I think that's part of the fun, I guess, when you when you join a syndicate, uh, I think that everybody should have an opportunity to, you know, have a, a, a say in the naming. And so what I do is I, I push out a call saying, okay, everybody give me one name mm. and we then get those bunch of names. Um, it goes to a, to a vote and we drill it down to a top three and then uh, we decide our, our order of preference of those three and then we sit them, submit them to Racing New South Wales for final validation. Mm. Well, there's one lovely story about this filly. The daughters of an 80-year-old man called Brian McLaughlin bought their dad a share in this filly all to Rio. Sadly, Brian passed away the day before she was due to have her first trial. 
Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's a. Um, I, I guess it's one of the things that I'm, you know, really proud about is the fact that um, when I got the call from uh, uh, his daughter, uh, she said, "Look, I know nothing about racing whatsoever. Um, you know, I found your details on, on the internet. Um, you know, can you can you talk me through how this whole thing works?" Mm-hmm. And you know, I, over a period of days, I spent a number of you know phone calls with her and her her sisters. Um, walking them through the whole process, and um, you know they only wanted a small share. They only were looking at a two percent share, um, but uh, you know invested a, a lot of time with them in terms of um, you know I guess telling them what, what all the options were and and how it would work and everything else. And they uh, they had confidence that you know um, what I was trying to do was good, and uh, and they bought in. And uh, when Brian received it for his 80th, I, he was absolutely over the moon. And uh, I subsequently had uh, many a conversation with him about it. He, he loved his punting and um, followed the horses very well. And um, uh, about two, probably two, two and a half months ago, mm. um, we had a, a stable day um, out at Richard's uh, stables. And uh, unfortunately, he couldn't make it. He was too ill on the day. Mm. But um, his whole family came up in turning, like his wife, his uh, daughters, um, their families, the kids, grandkids, the whole lot. And we just had the most magnificent day, and it was yeah, it was fantastic. And he, I know that he, uh, he cherished the photos that came out of that that day, and uh, it was yeah, just very sad that you know, mm. he uh, unfortunately fell one day short of seeing it actually on track in colours. So, mm. and Brian's daughters decided to retain his share in that filly. Oh, uh, that's correct. Yeah, well, he, he his wife will take it over, and mm. uh, but all, all all the daughters, yeah, you know, closely following everything, and it's sort of like I think through the. Uh, through all to Rio, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll continue, continue his love of racing, um, you know, through him. There's another good story about all to Rio. Um, a father and son called in at Richard Litt's stables at Warwick Farm to inquire about a possible share in a horse, and they just happened to spot your filly on the walker, and they were very taken by her. Yeah, that's right. That's where sometimes you know the, uh, the the horse speaks for itself, I guess, in terms of the um, what what people they they see what they they like and like what they see. And um, these guys rocked into uh, Richard's stables to talk about uh, him training another horse that they were potentially looking at buying. And uh, um, whilst they were there, yeah, Alteria was walking around in the walker, and they both went, "What's that horse? We really like that horse." Mm. And uh, so Richard rang me straight away and said, "You know, have you got any shares left?" And I said, "Yeah, um, I've, I've got a couple left." And uh, yeah, they subsequently have bought in, and uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're great, uh, you know, people to be racing with. We're having a lot of fun. Kathy O'Hara rode all to Rio in a barrier trial at Warwick Farm on the eighth of October. She was as green as grass, had no idea what she was doing. And naturally, she finished uh, back in the field, but not all that far from them. What did Richard and Cathy think of the trial? Yeah, look, Cathy came back in, and uh, uh, you know, obviously, the horse was, you know, incredibly green. I think one of the <laughs> one of the fellow owners uh, referred to her as the Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, um, but yeah, Cathy was the one thing that Cathy said was that she was very impressed with the underlying action of the horse, mm. and she said it's just an educational thing, you know, in terms of you know getting it to focus and understand as to you know. What happens when you you know you're in a race, and uh, but she said that that will come with time. But uh, the underlying action she was very impressed with, and she said uh, you know she she was thought that you know we we had a, a decent horse with us. So mm. um, and Richard was very happy with the run, did everything that uh, you know he wanted to. We didn't we didn't want to uh, put any pressure on it whatsoever. Mm. It was the first time to the races, so um, Richard. Had- 
actually uh, saddled it in his in his yard and then just walked it up to the track um, so that it wasn't you know sitting in the um, in the stalls for too long mm. and uh, yeah you know we as I said we look forward to uh, you know getting it but just had a short spell now and uh, and then we'll get it back into work and hopefully get it racing in the new year. The English digital online sales have changed the landscape of mixed Australian thoroughbred sales forever. Now, rather than wait for a mixed sale through the ring, owners, breeders and vendors can offer their product within a matter of days thanks to the twice-monthly English digital online auctions. English now presents an online auction in the middle of each month and another at the end. Since going twice-monthly, the auction has averaged around 150 lots per sale and has exceeded a million dollars per sale with a clearance rate of almost 80%. To enter a horse or register a bid, visit englishdigital.com and follow the prompts or call 9399-7999. Now to the cult you purchased at the English Classic Sale. He was offered by Arrowfield. He's one of the first crop of a horse called Scissor Kick, out of a mare called Simply Put, who won three city races in Melbourne, Scissor Kick uh, will be well remembered. He's by Reduce Choice. Uh, he won a listed race and a couple of Group 3 races. Now, how were you able to get this cult for $15,000 from an Arrowfield draft? Yeah, again, it's one of those things where, uh, yeah, the particular that classic sale, um, at times the, the auction just fell flat. And uh, it was it actually got passed in, and uh, Richard has a, a, a very close association with Arrowfield. He's, he's purchased quite a few horses off them um, over the years, and um, so he knew um, uh, John Massara very well. And uh, anyway, I, I, I you know said that I, I like the horse, and he said, "Look, let's go over and have a chat to them." And um, yeah, I think it was through you know Richard's association with them that uh, they were you know more than happy to be. Uh, uh, flexible with me. Um, John wanted to understand what I was doing and who I was, and uh, he, he, you know, once I told him, I obviously, you know, a new syndicator just trying to, you know, break into the industry. Essentially, um, he said no problems. He said, look, I'll, I'll do you this deal at this price. He said, just you know, come back and buy more in the future. So, um, mm. yeah, it, you know, again, it was just a, you know, being in the right place at the right time, and um, yeah, the Colts being uh, broken in. Um, has had one prep in Richard's stables and then has been out for a fairly long spell um, and has now been back in pre-work for six weeks and uh, comes into Richard's uh, stables this week. So uh, we're very pleased with the way that, uh, yeah, he, he's been growing in the paddock and, uh, yeah, looking forward to, you know, seeing what he can do in the next uh, few months. And you'll be in the process of inviting potential owners to suggest a name uh, for the scissor kick Simply put, cult. That's correct. Yes. So, um, yeah. Once the uh, the ownership, uh, you know, is finalised, then uh, yeah, we'll, we'll throw that around and uh, hopefully get some you know good good selections again and yeah, have a lot of fun in the process. You've already got your own colours and uh, they appear on your advertorial material and on your social media posts and they're soft colours but conspicuous to the eye. They're pink, sky blue horseshoe white and sky blue check sleeves and a black and sky blue quartered cap. And your daughter, Eliza, had something to do with that. That's correct, yeah. Uh, pink and blue are uh, um, 
her two favourite colours. And uh, so when we sat down to try and design them, um, I guess the first step was actually, you know, creating the logo for the business. And uh, so I went to uh, a, a good friend of mine that I used to work with, um, Alina Watts from 44 Spoons. And uh, she, um, over a period of a couple of weeks, you know, sort of like threw out um, suggestions as to what we could be doing. And we toyed with the logo for, yeah, several weeks there in terms of getting um, uh, all the components in there in terms of, you know, behind every logo, there's a bit of a story. Mm. And, uh, you know, the, we, I wanted the horseshoe in there for, for, for luck. And, uh, and then when you see the, uh, the, the, the pink line going through the top of the horseshoe, um, that was uh, Alina's suggestion and the fact that she knows that I love red wine. <laughs> and uh, I, I often celebrate a good win with a red wine. And so she said, well, if you actually look at the horseshoe, you could actually interpret it as a Rydell wine glass. Mm. And uh, it's actually, uh, yeah, a glass of red to celebrate. <laughs> so uh, I like that concept. And uh, it sort of like combined everything that uh, Eliza was looking for color-wise and everything else. And, um, yeah, I'm very happy with the, uh, you know, the, end, the end product. Now, Dave, your passion for the sport is best reflected in a nine-year sponsorship of a race run at Albury every October. And this is how it happened. You won the sponsorship in 2010 by participating in a TAB rewards promotion. And as a tab punter, you'd accumulated a large number of points, but you could only win that sponsorship if you were the first punter to register when the tab declared closing time for the promotion. And you did this by checking the TAB website at one minute past midnight for many days. That's correct, yes. I, um, uh, at that time, uh, my wife and I had been trying to have kids for a few years and um, we were going through IVF and things like that. And um, we finally had fallen pregnant. And uh, well, my wife had fallen pregnant. And, uh, <laughs> I know what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, Yes, yeah, so I, I, I thought I oh, wouldn't it be great to you know ha- have this opportunity to, to name a race and I'll name it over after, you know by whatever comes out of uh, you know a boy or a girl and um, anyway so I yeah I stalked the site for six months uh, every night at midnight and um, yeah finally it came up and I was Johnny on the spot and uh, yeah got got the uh, got the sponsorship. And uh, the next day, the tab rang me and said, "Look, you know, congratulations, you, you know, you've got it." Um, and I said, "Oh, where is it?" And they said, "Oh, it's in Albury." And uh, anyway, it ends up that uh, the race was to be run six weeks after what ended up being the, the birth date of our daughter. And uh, again, you know, a very flexible wife who, who said, yeah. "You do realise Albury's a long way away, and we have a six-week-old." baby <laughs> and I said yep but you know we've got to do it um, I've named it in her name and uh, let's go down for it and let's do it properly let's buy trophies and and, mm-hmm. and yeah do it properly oh, and we went down and yeah. we went down and John Miller the, the CEO down there at the time who's now CEO up at Sun, Sun, Sunny Coast um, he was uh, you know very supportive he made us feel very welcome as did all of the board of directors down there and uh, we just had a great day and uh at the end of it, you know, the board of directors said, Dave, you know, you should come down and do this again sometime. And I said, well, look, you know, how about we make this a, an annual tradition and we'll do it until Eliza's 21. Mm. And uh, and that's what we're, we're heading towards and this year was the ninth year. Great story. It really is. You, 
you've you, you now funded yourself, Dave. Obviously, uh, you won the Absolutely, initial yeah. sponsorship in two thousand and ten in the tab promotion. But ever since, you've funded it yourself. That's right. Yeah, I just wanted to create a tradition, I guess, for Eliza that was, uh, um, you know, unique and uh, something that you know she, she'll always remember. And and as she gets you know older each year, she gets a lot of joy out of handing out the trophies to. Uh, the owners and the trainer and the jockey and and now as of this year we, we actually had one for the the um, strapper. strapper as well mm. and uh, yeah you know it, it's just a great thing and and during that time too we've also had lots of friends and family that have come down for the weekend we make a weekend of it and uh, you know it's it's great to get people who have you know often never had an interest in racing to come down and experience a country race day and they all walk away and they go oh that was so much fun. And, you know, hopefully that's, you know, getting, you know, one of my goals is to, you know, continue to get the new generations of people into racing mm. um, to, for, so that the sport, you know, prospers in the future. Mm. Well, so far you've purchased only three yearlings. You've only had one start uh, with the three so far. So it, it is a low-key beginning, but it's certainly the first tentative step on a journey uh, that is going to see you realise a dream. Yeah, that's right. They, you know, it's um, obviously buying yearlings. You know, they take a while to you know come up, and again, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll never rush them. Um, just to have them on track for the sake of being on track, you, you bring them on track when they're ready. And um, so, yeah, it, it, it is you know great. Hopefully, uh, in the new year, you know, we'll have um, potentially you know all three running around. And uh, and that's when you'll start to see the colours, you know, more often, and hopefully in the winners' circle. So, um, yeah, you know, starting off small, but um, you know, really wanting to, you know, get out there like starting any small business because it's a hard, it's a hard row. Um, but uh, you know, I'm determined with the because I love it so much that uh, you know I, I'm I'm going to make it work. And um, yeah, you know, with the support of some you know great people who are buying into our syndicates, who are, we're having a lot of fun along the way. And you can't wait for the 2020 yearling sale round to begin. You'll be scouring the catalogues, looking for something else out of a Brazilian mare. <laughs> exactly right, exactly right. It, uh, I mean, I've been quite fortunate there too that I've had a bit of help along the way. Um, I've got another mate, uh, Andrew Eastcott, who was a, um, uh, at Thunder Goes Lodge up in Wyle, and uh, he uh, often helps me with the, going through the catalogues. And um, yeah, you know, going through that process itself can be can be fun, and uh, and then seeing as to how that translates to you know sale prices on sale date. So, mm. well, you need a horse to do for you what Red Zell has done for Triple Crown, and what Yankee Rose and She Will Reign have done for Derby Racing. So far, Thompson Thoroughbreds have only had the one runner, but there are many, many more to come, Dave. And I know that with the the commitment and the hard work and the dedication that you're going to put behind this venture, uh, you can't miss. Yeah, well, let's hope so. It's, um, that's the uh, that, that's the goal, and uh, you know, uh, as they say, from from little things, big things grow. So, um, yeah, I look forward to you know um, watching it flourish in the, in the years ahead. It's been my pleasure to present your story on the podcast. We wish you well, mate. Enjoy the journey, and I hope the horse of your dreams walks through the front gate. Thanks very much, John. Really appreciate it. And this podcast was produced by Supernova Sound.